to Remember Twilight, a literary podcast covering all aspects of the Twilight Saga. On Remember Twilight, we talk about all things openly. Mental health, relationships, sex, religion, fashion. We also understand that there are conversations that will come up that we might not be able to do justice. We want to include as much diversity as we can, so if you'd like to share your perspective with our audience, please message us. Oh, and fair warning, we are not spoiler-free. It was years before I gave up. I was never sure then why blood wasn't the existence-crowning ecstasy that Siobhan had believed it to be, why I continued to miss Carlisle and Esme more than I enjoyed my freedom, why the weight of each kill seemed to accumulate until I was crippled under their combined load. Over the years after my return to Carlisle and Esme, as I struggled to relearn all the discipline I'd abandoned, I came to the conclusion that Siobhan might not know anything greater than the call of blood, but I had been born to something better. And now, the words that had once haunted me, once driven me, came back with surprising force, the greatest joy of this life. I had no doubts. I now knew the meaning of the phrase. The greatest joy of my life was this fragile, brave, warm, insightful girl sleeping so peacefully nearby, Bella. The very greatest joy that life had to offer me and the greatest pain when she was lost. My phone vibrated silently in my shirt pocket. I whipped it out, saw the number, and held it to my ear. I see that you can't speak, Alice said quietly, but I thought you would want to know. It's 80-20 now. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. She hung up. Of course, I couldn't trust the confidence in her voice when I didn't have her thoughts to read, and she knew that. She could lie to me over the phone, but I still felt encouraged. What I was doing was basking, drowning, wallowing in my love for Bella. I didn't think it would be difficult to keep doing that. Patron, patron, we got a new patron. Woo! I just made up that song. That was a great song. <laughs> I'm inspired because um, 
We watched Bring It On last night. We did. Yes, so we I'm, did. I'm feeling cheery today. Um, I would love to do a big, huge shout out. Actually, we'll do both of them, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got two new patrons this week. We got Lindsay from Minnesota. And Lisa from California. Welcome, everybody. Welcome and thank you. So speaking of Patreon, I have some cool news for you guys to learn about right here, right now, which is that we have added a new perk to our top tier in which you can watch us record the podcasts live and comment with our other patrons who are watching and listening as well. We're actually doing it right now, in fact, <laughs> and we've done a couple episodes so far, and they've been incredibly fun. Everybody is having a blast. So if you want to watch us record in real time, go ahead and pop on over to patreon.com slash the Remember Podcasts and get signed up on the Remember Podcast here. Cool. Cool updates, dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. My name is Marin. My name is Emily. And we are Remember, remember Twilight. Twilight. Emily, do you remember Twilight? You ask me that so often that I couldn't possibly forget. <laughs> Let's talk about Midnight Sun. Okay, maybe mid-book, oh you think? Oh, my gosh. I, I don't want this book to end. Okay, so today we are doing Midnight Sun chapter 15 probability. probability and it is a doozy of an edward cullen inner monologue it really is there's a lot of thinking and storytelling and processing and visioning Jeez. Uh, but what happened last week edward thought that bella was going to fall into the washing machine it was a partial concern. Okay. There they were at lunch. Edward was on question day two of Bella. And then Alice was like, hold up, we've got a problemo. And so she got to finally say hi to Bella for the first time. And then she kidnapped Edward after lunch. <laughs> okay, good. Good. So. Um, and it was the, uh, it was the be safe note chapter it was really sweet mm -hmm. so we pick up with alice and edward in the car <laughs> and he's like now alice and she's like it's not my i'm sorry i'm just here having visions trying to help you out like it's not my fault that i saw this thing that i saw okay yeah and he's like it's not real but like i am concerned I'm concerned that she keeps having this vision of literally, I mean, it's kind of a sexy vision if it didn't have to do with Bella being dead. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, but the vision is a little sexy. But why does she keep having this vision and how long does she keep having it for? I Ever? Mean, it's not her. It's, I don't think that she keeps getting the same vision. It's that she, the vision's not changing, right? So but she says it's new. Well, he's like, it's not new. This it's an old vision before everything, before I knew I loved her. And then she remembers the vision, right? Of Bella 
all twisted and bloody with a gash across her broken neck and her blood in his eyes. (laughs) I might see it's a little hot. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit hot. Like, what happened to get them there? Whoa. But. But he says the vision in Alice's memory. So, memory. She's just remembering because she saw Edward choose to take Bella to the meadow and when she and saw she that like, vision, she was like, that's the same as this dead Bella vision. You're in the same place, Edward. We okay. have to talk. <sighs> so Edward is a big snarl about this, of course. And um, Alice is like, it's the same place, Edward. This is a problem. And Edward's like, honestly, got to be honest, <laughs> never looked at anything but dead Bella in that vision so he didn't realize yeah he never would have chosen to take her to the meadow if he would have known that that was where he viciously murdered her yes and but he compliments Alice saying that she has had visions much longer than he's known her and so she's good at removing (laughs) the feelings from what she's seeing in order to pick up on smaller details like the scenery I wonder if you guys are like reading along. <laughs> <laughs> I like would we're be. on page three oh seven. <laughs> I would be. Actually, no, I would just have it in my ear and I would just be like cleaning the house. Yeah, yeah. But Edward is he is like so sure that there's no way that it could still happen because he loves her now. Okay, and that love should change the fact that he kills her. And this is where she says, it's not just a memory. I see it now. Like, it's still a valid vision. It's still happening. Mm-hmm. And Edward's like, well, okay, we won't go to the meadow. <laughs> and then Alice has... The background just changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's still dead Bella in his arms. And they're like, she, I don't know, in the She clicks forest. The, the little thing to give you a different background in your Zoom. Oh, yeah. Square. <laughs> That's just what's happening. Yes. And she's like, Edward, her blood is so strong. Like, the closer you get to her. And he's like, fine. I will go back to avoiding her. He's going to go on lockdown again. Mm-hmm. Social distance again. He's going to Bella distance. <laughs> and Alice is like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. didn't work before. Isn't going to work now. It's like, well, then I'll leave. Oh, and she's man. like, it won't, it won't help. It's still there. <laughs> she's like, well, I guess now it's happening in winter <laughs> instead of spring. <laughs> yep. And he is so frustrated. Like, how, how, how is this still happening? And she's like, well, if you leave, you will come back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I can stay away. And she's like, no, you can't, obviously. Oh. <sighs> I had to bracket this whole Literally, the vision that she has now is just, like, devastating. Mm -hmm. Because she's, like... She envisions New Moon. mm -hmm. Yeah. She's, like, maybe if it was just you that this would hurt, that'd be one thing. But let me show you (laughs) Depression Bella visions. Her mind raced through a flip book of features. Bella's face from a thousand different angles, always tinted gray, sunless. She was thinner, unfamiliar hollows beneath her cheekbones, deep circles under her eyes, her expression empty. One could call it lifeless, 
but it would only be a metaphor, not like the other visions. And he's like, why is she like that? What is wrong? And Alice is like, well, after you left, she she's not doing well. And she says it as if it's currently happening, which drives Edward crazy. And he thinks about it for a second. And he's like, well, it would be a better option. I just, it's like, how can you say that a life of depression is better than a life of immortality? Like a life of like being a, vi- a vampire. That's how much he despises himself. He hates himself so much and he's so sad about the life that he has. N- not because it's a bad life, but because he, he has that feeling like his his soul is damned. He'd rather have Bella be like, depressed clinically and terminally than be a vampire well he's not there quite yet he's still considering only the possibility of either bella lives or bella dies right so i think what he meant by that is it's better than if i kill her it's better for her to be depressed than if i were to kill her tomorrow okay (laughs) because he doesn't get to immortality for another two pages (laughs) So Alice is like, do you think you could really leave her like that? Like, you would come back to check. And if you saw her like that, could you still stay away? And uh, Alice has another vision of Bella curled up on her bed in a ball, gasping from a nightmare. And Alice mimics Bella on the car seat next to him. And he's thinks to himself and he's like, nope. I know I would come back, and I know if I saw that, I would have to stay. So the future visions kind of, they just kind of stay the same. It's Bella dead. And so Edward's like, I should have never come back in the first place. And Alice is like, well, about that. (laughs) While you were gone, I actually had more visions that I didn't want to share with you. And he's like, what did you see? And she just tells him, if you hadn't come back when you did, if you waited longer, you would have come back still, but to hunt her. (laughs) Luckily, she doesn't give him any visions to go along with this news, but that doesn't mean that he can't imagine it exactly. So this news that there is no future in which Edward doesn't kill Bella is enough to cause him to almost lose control of the car, which is an impossibility. Yeah. That doesn't happen, but it almost does. So he pulls over onto the ferns. (laughs) (laughs) He needs a break. And he is so frustrated that he just screams at her, give me something that will work. I need another path. So Alice thinks about it. She has another vision And this one doesn't have dead Bella, which at first makes Edward feel very happy. Like, okay, there's a future in which she doesn't die. But it is the Bella becomes a vampire vision. That sounds fine to me. (laughs) One too many pomegranate seeds and she was bound to the underworld with me. No way back. Springtime, sunlight, family, future, soul, all stolen from her. Those are like non-negotiables for Edward, apparently. Like, they truly are. These are things that, he, that is the line that he will not cross. So Alice is like, it's 60-40-ish. 
there's a pretty good chance you won't kill her. Um, <laughs> you're just going to turn her into a vampire instead. <laughs> and Edward's just like, she's dead either way. I'm going to stop her heart. And then Alice uh. is like, well, hold on. I'm telling you she has futures beyond the meadow. But no matter what, you have to do this day. You have to go on this date. She doesn't have any future in which this day doesn't happen. Only in which it doesn't happen tomorrow. It happens a month from now or four months from now. And as she's thinking about this, he explains her visions as widening out. As if she is thinking of everything at the same time. And he can now see Bella's life as the uh, meme with the guy with the whiteboard and all the <laughs> pictures and threads just pointing at it. I think that's from The Office, but I've never seen The Office. Yeah, I don't know what it's from either. But, yeah. but that's Bella's life is there's strings connecting things, but all the strings <laughs> are knotted together in this one instance. Is Edward the, the guy pointing or is it Alice? <laughs> <laughs> Might be Alice. <laughs> so... Alice is like, I don't know what decision leads us here or gets us from here, but this is happening no matter what. Like, she'll either have a life after this or she won't. <laughs> and Alice is like, I don't know what, what happens in order to make the decision or the distinction between those two things. But you're going to have to face it, knowing it could go either way. And he, he still won't accept this. He's like, no, tell me how to save her. And she's like, I don't know. You'll have to find the answer yourself in mm-hmm. the knot. In the knot. Ugh. Edward is a teeth grind. <laughs> and so Alice is like, I love you. Listen to me. Putting this off won't change anything. Take her to your meadow, Edward. And for me, and especially for you, bring her back again. And I'm going to just start crying. This is one that I chose to to read as a line read because it's so good. She's like, you know, she says that, like, bring her back. Take her to your meadow, Edward. And for me, and for especially for you, bring her back again. And then he just puts his hands into his, his head into his hands. And he's like, I feel sick. I feel like a human with a disease. Mm-hmm. It's so, so sad. Salas so is like, do you want some good news? And he's like, <laughs> good news? And she's like, there's still a third option. If you can get through the crisis, there is another path. And he's like, well, what is it? She's like, well, it's sketchy. But check this out. And she shows him another vision. And it's a him and Bella and Alice in Bella's front room hanging out but Bella is a little bit older than she is right now he says um that she looks a little taller her legs are a little longer her body is slightly rounded Mm. not many years maybe three or four but she was still human (laughs) She was still human. She was aging. This was the desperate, unlikely future that was the only one I could live with. The future that did not cheat her of either life or afterlife. The future that would take her away from me someday, as inevitably as day turned to night. And Alice was like, it's a tiny chance, but I thought you would like to know that it's still there. He tells her thank you. He starts to drive again. 
And she's like, of course, I only have your side. I have no <laughs> idea what Bella thinks about all of this. Uh, it doesn't take into account anything that she wants. And he's like, what do you mean? Why would she wish anything about this? And Alice is just like, <laughs> Edward, did it never occur to you that Bella might not be willing to lose you? That the that one short mortal life might not be long enough for her. That and Edward. It, yeah. It's like, that's insanity. No one would choose. And then she goes, no need to argue about it. Crisis first. I will say it again. I've said it before. Bella chose to become a vampire. Edward didn't even take that into account. He doesn't. He can't. He doesn't get there until the end of Eclipse almost where he's like, okay, maybe this is he doesn't want it their wants are so different it's wild I always knew it but man it's hard to see it from his point of view because I I'm so on Edward's I'm so on Bella's side Mm -hmm. so so firmly on Bella's side that I never wanted to even consider Edward's point of view I just didn't care because I was like I don't care this is what she wants it's not about him not wanting it it's about him not wanting I knew all these things. It was just hard for me to get there. Yep. So he's like, well, thanks, Alice. And she's like, ha, 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 I'm so scared. (laughs) (laughs) And he tells her, I know you love her, too. And she's like, well, it's not the same. And he's like, no, it isn't. Because Alice has Jasper. If Alice didn't have Jasper, then it would be the same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then he's like, she had brought Jasper nothing but happiness and peace. That's what you'll bring to Bella, Edward, honey. She doesn't, she does not have peace in her human life. The only thing she has in her human life is heaviness and responsibility and um, burden. She doesn't have any peace until she meets you, until she sees that there's something beyond what is going on in her life right now. He, he can't see that. He is surrounded by love and support and and now she is with charlie but this is the i mean it's crazy like that's why she wants to become like him and be with him because he he'll he'll be her alice so she says i love you you can do this and he's like i want to believe her but i know that there's nothing to it like she just is as hopeful as i am so they drive to the park the national park (laughs) they drive to the cafeteria of (laughs) <laughs> the wilderness the olympic national cafeteria park <laughs> yes and he parks and they get out you're not supposed to hunt in a national park Collins. you're not <laughs> they're breaking all the rules and um alice sees that he's getting ready to pull over and so she hurries and gets out of the car and runs before he can <laughs> she's so funny <laughs> she can't outrun him but she can outvision him As if. Alice said I would have to make a choice. I wanted to scream out loud that I'd already decided that there was no decision. But even though it felt as though my whole being yearned for nothing but Bella's safety, I knew the monster was still alive. How did I kill it? Silence it forever. Oh, he was quiet now, hiding, saving his strength for the fight that was coming. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to offer a trigger warning for all of those who would not like to hear about suicide and um, probably skip forward a couple minutes so edward edward knows that it is his bloodlust that is the 
one and only problem in the Bella plus Edward equals love equation. (laughs) And so it's crunch time. He has to figure out a way to make this not be a problem for himself. And so he thinks about it very logically. There's not a lot of emotion in this, but he does think about the possibility that he could just kill himself because that was the only way that was a guaranteed outcome that he would not kill Bella. But he doesn't know how he would go about it. He knows all of the ways that Carlisle had tried to when he first became a vampire. He knows that if he asked anyone in his family who would be perfectly capable of helping him with this, they would not do it for him no matter how much he begged and he puts himself in their shoes and he understands and he says there's no way that I would be able to harm any of my family no matter no matter how much pain they were in so he considers the other vampires and he knows that no one who Carlisle is friends with would help him with this either out of respect and love towards Carlisle so he has one last option in this line of thinking which is One that would put Bella in danger as well, which would be going to the Volturi. And they would find out that she knows their secret and therefore she would die too. So it doesn't take him too long to get there, but he rules it out as a possibility, which I am glad Mm -hmm. that is a good place to come (laughs) out. So he tries to think of other options and he thinks of the wolves, but the wolves can't bite now. (laughs) They're toothless. Um, But that would be a good option because he could just walk into the push. But it is not. So I keep thinking something kept like gnawing at the back of my brain while I was reading this chapter and I couldn't put it into words. And then when I got here, I thought, well, okay, if he did leave now and do whatever, like either leave indefinitely or kill himself or whatever it took to get him away from Bella at this point they're not too far in to their relationship like it would have been very sad for Bella but it wouldn't have been anything like when he does leave in New Moon and they've been through everything with James and everything with the summer and everything with the birthday party like they went through so much together that Bella was absolutely bonded to him by then if he had left now she would have been sad about it she would have thought about him for the rest of her life but it wouldn't have been as devastating as it was a new moon Mm -hmm. oh man edward it's so hard because it's like he doesn't choose to leave now he decides to keep going on with the relationship and then by the end of the book it's like oh shit well it's because he knows if he does leave now he will come back and kill her yeah Mm-hmm. I mean, just the whole thing like is so, so hard. No matter what his choice is yeah. right now, it seems like a, a lose. He's so like tortured. He's yeah. so tortured. And he doesn't, like, literally ever become the Edward Cullen who he is supposed to be until Bella she also becomes mm-hmm. what she's supposed to be. Yep. It's amazing. So Edward is thinking about everything that Alice has told him about how sure she is that he has to go forward, that he can't leave. Um... And that that's the right thing to do. But he's like, how is it the right thing to do if Bella dying is on the <laughs> on the horizon? <laughs> There's no way it can be. 
And he he says, I couldn't imagine how the monster could get past my aversion to overcome me. All I could do, it seemed, was cling to my decision with both hands with all my strength. I would be stronger than my monster. I would not hurt Bella. I would do the most right thing that was left to me. I would be who she needed me to be. And as he says this, he's like, of course, that's the answer. I could be the Edward that Bella wanted, that she needed. I could grasp hold of that one sketchy future I could live with and then will it into being for Bella. And then he says, of course, I could do that if it was for her. But it's not what she wants. But maybe she, let me see, what did I write? It is not what she wants, but maybe she could have lived with it too if it was the only way to be with him. Um, like if, if she had finally been like, okay, so I see this, I see this, like I step back and I'm like not in this moment of Edward, <laughs> like <laughs> mentally anguishing about this. And I think about the future and Bella is insistent that he turn her, but then he's like, well, let's get married first. And then she's like, okay, and let's have sex first, and which is fine. Like, you guys, I'm totally sex positive. If you're new here, this is whatever. But she wants to have sex first. And then once they do it, she's not in such a hurry mm-hmm. to get changed. Because mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, wait a minute. That was awesome. And if I get changed, I'm not going to f- be able to feel that for a while. Like, And so I want to keep doing it. I want to keep feeling that with my husband, with my person who I've promise to be with forever Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to have that intimacy together and to be together like that and she doesn't want to change it so I'm like this could have been this is where this vision comes from if she hadn't gotten pregnant which Alice could not see the pregnancy Mm -hmm. this is what would have happened I think she would have stayed human for a while for a few years at least to appease Edward And, and I think as she got older she might start to realize that this life with Edward as a human isn't worth the constant fighting with him Mm -hmm. about her immortality. Yeah. You get a little bit more level headed (laughs) about big decisions as you get older. You do. I mean, that's the point of being a teenager is to figure out what you want and who you are. And the older you get, the more you're like, all these things kind of fade away and you see what's important. She would have, she would have seen the importance. She would have seen how beautiful life is with him as a human. And that really 30 isn't that old Mm -hmm. you know to be like okay I'm 30 now change me now Mm -hmm. I've I've made up my mind do it and then Mm -hmm. hey I think at that point after being with her for that long Edward probably would have been like okay yeah I mean you know (laughs) it's not a rush decision she's not missing out on human things like you know they've probably traveled a lot and she's done all the things and if that's still her choice if Edward still didn't want to Alice, Alice would have, have. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just see it so clearly if it hadn't been for Renesmee she would have stayed human for a while I think so too mm-hmm. yeah. cool of course <laughs> of course <laughs> so he comes to this decision that he he has enough strength to be able to take on this meadow knot and <laughs> Alice sees the vision firming up a little bit more too and she's like whatever you're doing keep doing that because <laughs> the odds are ever in your favor <laughs> and he's like maybe that's the key is that I just need to accept that it is going to happen and be able to put in planning and prepare for it and get ready for it 
And so he's like, okay, this this finally gives him like steps to take care of, which help him out of his just like frozen fear. So he's like, okay, let's go hunting. That's something that needs to happen first. So, oh, this is when they get out of the car. Yeah. Alice sees that he's ready and she's like, bye. <laughs> she just flies out. <laughs> So he gets out and he follows her and she keeps passing up like all these edible animals. And he's like, deer? And she's like, no, no, nah. no. He's like, rabbits? He's just like, okay. Keeps following her. And then she gets the, <laughs> how does it say it? <laughs> she, and then her thoughts settled on a slinking movement a slinking in the brush. Movement. Glimpses of a tawny hide. Oh, oh baby. Who is there? <laughs> She's like, thanks, Alice. I mean, I've been <laughs> literally. I'm hunting. <laughs> okay. It's okay. So he's like, she's trying to do something nice for me. I don't need to tell her that it doesn't matter that I've been eating everything in sight (laughs) and I've been too full for the past two months. And he's like, Alice, I shouldn't do this. The park's population of mountain lions. And she's like, no, 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 treat yourself. (laughs) True, Edward. True. (laughs) He eats his kitty. She goes and finds something else. And he goes and finds her. And she has eaten a sleeping doe. Okay. Better than to wake it up, my dear. Yes. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he tells her thank you, and she's like, "You're welcome." There's, uh, this the, the, there's more people over here to go eat. <laughs> <laughs> By people, I mean animals. Yes. Same thing. So they go and they each eat one more animal, and then boy, are they stuffed. <laughs> Boy, are they just jostling away. With so their, sloshy. <laughs> like, can they just shake their hand and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> they become like a waterbed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Edward's like, we can keep going. And she's like, no, that's okay. I'm going with Jasper tomorrow. And Edward's like... <laughs> did, he just did that. Mm-hmm, and she's like, okay, mm-hmm. hold on. We talked about this at the beginning. Just always make Jasper as full as he can be. Yes. (laughs) Stop trying to make fetch happen. Mm -hmm. Jasper needs to be full constantly. Yep. So she's like, "Um, we're going to go with this whole like extra preparedness thing because there's this uh, new possibility. (gasps) And so Edward gets (laughs) another vision from Alice, which is their house with Carlisle and Esme standing in the front room. And he sees himself walk through the door with Bella by the hand. Khaki skirt and all. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, how does this happen? When does this happen? And she's like, I don't know. Probably Sunday. And he's like, this Sunday? Yes. And she goes, the day after tomorrow? The one that comes after tomorrow. (laughs) And then Bella was perfect in the vision. Yay. He doesn't kill her. Good Human job, Edward. and healthy and in her blue blouse. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's like, okay, so this is this is one of the options that happens after the knot. And she's like, yep, it's one of the threads. <laughs> so he wants an update on his uh, <laughs> kill Chances. Bella, don't kill Bella. And she's like, you're at like 75, 25. 
pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good odds. Mm-hmm. You, you take it. I did. And then he shows her his teeth because of course he does. <laughs> Look at my teeth. <laughs> They're so beautiful. <laughs> and she's like, listen, okay, first of all, I do want to beat the bet. Also, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bella will be fine. Also, we need to put Rosalie and Jasper in their place and teach them a little respect. <laughs> this is where Edward is like, you're not a god. Mm-hmm. And she's like, close enough. Base- Alice is a god. She is. She's like, you'll figure it out, Edward. I know you will. And he's like. God, okay. Uh-huh. If, if I learned anything from a lifetime of being in a religion, it's that God doesn't tell you what to do. <laughs> You have to make your own decisions and then he'll be like, ah, or eh. that's what I learned from religion. Mm-hmm. It's a, one of the reasons I left religion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we cut to them getting home and only Carlisle and Esme, <laughs> mom and dad are home. You know, Emmett was like, guys, we cannot be here when Edward gets back. He's so mad. He almost killed me in Spanish today. <laughs> and Jasper's like, should we leave a note on the Newell post? And Emmett's like, there's no time. We got to go. <laughs> Carlisle's waiting for Edward. And when Edward walks in, Carlisle just looks at Edward. And Edward doesn't say anything back. So Carlisle knows to clear out. So he goes upstairs to Esme and Edward hears them leave out the window because Carlisle knows best that Edward struggles a lot with the never-ending mental babble. Oh, and so, so sweet. he is going to give him his silence yeah. as a gift. Yeah, uh, it's really sweet. So, like, he and Emmett just straight leap to the nearest tree. <laughs> just straight across. That's how That's how the vampires jump. They do. They yep. do. There's no parabolic <laughs> curve. It's just they a- don't care about physics. <laughs> I don't either. So, Edward, it takes his time moving very slowly as he showers and he feels so yucky again. He's like, nothing is good about this. I am broken. If only, if only I could be broken and not hurt anyone. <laughs> oh, no. And then as us anxious people do, he remembers the thing that he forgot to be anxious about, which <laughs> is, what if Bella thinks I'm hideous? <laughs> And so he gets out of the shower and he it's time for him to find something to wear. And this is not something that he usually thinks about because Alice is very good at assembling their wardrobe in a way that both keeps them looking stylish, but also covers as much of their skin as possible. They are so lucky to have Alice. <laughs> Uh, to have a stylist. Right. He looks at his wardrobe and he's just like, everything matches. I could wear any outfit and it would Literally, look good. he goes to his closet and he goes, shirt, pants, and mm-hmm. then just goes on with his day. He doesn't even think about it. You don't need to. Uh, the life. <laughs> so as he's looking at everything, he's like, I promised Bella that I would show her what I look like in the sun. I'm going to give her the most spectacular show possible, <laughs> which means I can't wear my turtleneck sweater and my long pants. 
and my jacket and my hat and my sunglasses. <laughs> she needed to see more than my sparkling hands. <laughs> the hands would have been good, Rose. <laughs> it's fine. As if <laughs> you could outrun me. <laughs> like, okay, we're not even here yet, but I already have to just be mad about this shirt still, in which he ends up unbuttoning the button down. Why couldn't he just have taken off his sweater Um, without a button down underneath? It's such an interesting little, like, it's that subtle, if I just take off a t-shirt, that's like stripping. But if I just one button at a time, it's more... It's more sensual. It is. It's more it's, sen- it's more intimate, right? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think like an ultra conservative, you know. I mean, I know that Mark would have thought of things like that when we were dating. Like it would have been like less overtly sexual to just like undo a couple of buttons than to just pull up from the bottom and then it makes it easier for getting redressed it is that it's like I he doesn't take the shirt totally off he just unbuttons it right i don't know i haven't read that yet well. but then it's like when it's time to go <laughs> you just you don't have to like pick up clothes and put them back on you just rebutton no rebuttoning a shirt is much more of a process than putting on your sweater <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. Also, he can do both <laughs> in point one of a second. <laughs> Time is not of the essence in this. Just, I mean, who knows what's going on in his head? Well, he does. Here we go. So he's like, oh, yes, that one shirt. <laughs> the shirt at the back of my closet, which is the only weird shirt that I own because. Oh, I love this. One time, about two years ago, Alice got home from shopping and she had all his new clothes on the rack and she was going <laughs> to explain all the fabrics and why she chose them. It was her, like, what, monthly fashion reveal of what mm-hmm. they'd be wearing the next month. Mm-hmm. And she gets to the end of his rack and he sees this white sleeveless button down <laughs> and he's like, why sleeveless button down i love that he literally like picks it up and goes what's this for (laughs) and she's like (laughs) i don't know (laughs) to me to me marin abercrombie this is more proof that alice knew about bella for a while Mm -hmm. before she showed up maybe she just didn't want to tell him she kept it inside she bought the shirt she knew Mm -hmm. She she did (laughs) <laughs> She's so, like, oh, it looked nice on the mannequin. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> so he picks up, it's cotton, by the way. It's a cotton, white, collared, button-down, sleeveless, sleeveless. shirt. <laughs> Stephanie. He puts it on, and he's like, oh, ew, my arms. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Buttons it all up, looks at it, and he's like, unbuttons it, because, of course... You know, he's got to be as naked as possible without actually being naked. So, okay, Edward Cullen, are you telling me that you are wearing a sweater with a unbuttoned button-up underneath it? He is. I am so secondhand embarrassed right now. <laughs> he's so embarrassing. 
This Imagine. is literally no, I can't. Imagine it's too embarrassing. Bella. It's too embarrassing. You're Bella with Edward in the meadow, and he's like, I'm ready to show you something. <laughs> so you look at him, and he starts, he's taken off his sweater, but then he has to not grab one, not one side of the bottom, but both bottoms of the shirt to take it off so he doesn't take it off and have like half of it come up. This is. And so he's like, you got to arrange it underneath and then take the sweater off, which, okay, he's already stripping. He's taking one layer off. But then you are having to witness the fact that he was unbuttoned underneath. (laughs) It's so embarrassing. It is. It's the most cringy thing I've ever heard of. He like. You're totally right. I wish he would have worn a cardigan if you're going to just take a sweater off nothing nothing about this makes any sense (sighs) unbuttoned under (laughs) take the time to unbutton it when you get to the meadow Mm -hmm. do not walk around for an entire day hiking through the woods with your shirt unbuttoned it's just getting progressively more and more opened so when he takes it off it's like bunched up on his back he's just like wearing (laughs) does he have to just keep like pulling it and adjusting it because then he tucks it into his you pants? have to like pull up your pant your shirt a little bit to mm-hmm. adjust it on both sides and then pull your shirt back down it's <laughs> a good thing that bella was so concerned on not tripping that she totally missed how many times edward adjusted his shirt i cannot you know what i'm gonna do tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna wear my white cotton sleeveless button down unbuttoned under a shirt and see what happens i would like to know the results i will i'll get back to you guys okay (laughs) it's it's terrible Mm. anyway okay so he's (laughs) buttons unbuttoned puts on his pale beige sweater and he's like ah yes comfortable maybe i'll just leave this on (laughs) is the collar like open is it like this far apart underneath <laughs> the sweater? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Alice, oh. don't let him do this. You give him one piece of clothing that has options and he does it so wrong. It should have just been, it could have been just like a, like a tank top undershirt. They make those for men. It's a t sh- it's a tank top undershirt. He could have just gone for the ripoff. He could have just ripped it open. He could have supermaned. <laughs> the only thing that I'm most sad about is it's not buttoned, so he doesn't do the strip tease. There's no slow unbuttoning. It's just all out there it's from the get go. It's so awkward though. Does he okay, does but I'm sorry, I keep talking about this, but I cannot. Does he have to take the sweater off and then pull the shirt closed because he's embarrassed and <laughs> then slowly pull it apart? I can't picture this in my mind he's just standing there holding it you know walks out into when the you sun. first get to the swimming pool and you're wearing your yeah see this yes. is the skin of a killer <laughs> he's so adorable oh, Edward. i can't believe alice left him alone i know she this. knew that this was gonna happen and she's like 
<laughs> I'm just going to let him he be embarrassed. He needs to go through it. <laughs> okay. He did say that. He has to walk through the crisis. Mm-hmm. This is the crisis. <laughs> this is. It's not about whether or not he's going to kill her. It's about what he does with his shirt. <laughs> and choices are made. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, now that he's got his uncomfortable clothing on, it's time to get really <laughs> back to Bella. I haven't seen her for hours. What if she's already dead? Oh no. Well, she's safe now. <laughs> so he um, goes to Bella's house. Of course, he gets there before she's gone to bed. He can hear her doing laundry and everything is fine. She's not going to fall in, Edward. <laughs> Charlie is watching sports kind of falling asleep so he's like okay Bella probably didn't tell Charlie about our plans and as he listens to their evening where Charlie just sits on the couch watching TV Bella does her laundry she makes dinner he's like he purchased- Charlie's got it made <laughs> he perches in his tree and he's just like is lulled by the evening activities in this human house mm-hmm. it's his fondest dream he and rosalie are not too different i think that's why they can't stand each other yeah. yep. <laughs> so he's like charlie doesn't have anything to worry about he never worries about anything every day for him is just a normal day mm. but what about the next day <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> say it out loud here but he considers what Charlie's day would be like if he killed Bella. And he's like, is it within my power to make sure that Charlie continues to have normal days? It is. Suddenly, Edward hears a blow dryer. <laughs> uh, I love this. I love this so much because, you know, you know, you've read this scene from Bella's point of view many times where she... She blow dries her hair until it's like bone straight. Mm-hmm. So it's just stick straight, as straight as, and as dry as it can possibly be because she mm-hmm. doesn't want to shower in the morning. She's getting up early, blah, blah, blah. And he is in the tree like a blow dry. Is she blow drying her hair? I've watched her sleep with wet hair 30 times now. Mm-hmm. She's blow drying her hair. I love it. It's so cute. Uh huh. And he's like, the only thing I can think of is that she wanted her hair to look nice. <laughs> And the only thing she's doing tomorrow is hanging out with me, which means that she wanted her hair to look nice for me. (laughs) It's really sweet. He's like, her life had never been in deeper peril, and yet she still (laughs) cared that I, her potential killer, thought that she looked nice Uh, and liked her appearance. It is sweet. He thinks it's endearing. He's like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he hears a commotion happening <laughs> in her room. And so it takes much longer than usual for there to be silence enough that he feels like she's probably asleep. And so he goes in and he's like, oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> she threw all of her clothes. Her entire wardrobe everywhere. is now on her floor. <laughs> but she is sleeping more peacefully than he's ever seen her. He looks at all her clothes and he's like, she did this for me. (laughs) (laughs) And he thinks about all of the feelings that he's ever felt in his life and how 
they had been so jaded and just so lackluster and about like how much he's missed up until this point in his life because he's never loved someone and how much more loving there is to be had suffering still yes but the joy is too precious to waste a second of see how could i have chosen a line for the beginning of this episode there's so many good ones in this (laughs) every line that i read i'm like i regret the line read i did at the beginning (laughs) i should have done this they're all so they're all good and as he's thinking about how he's been so low in his life he remembers we get a flashback a night hundred years ago on a cold december night (laughs) it's december 1919 edward's been a vampire for a little bit more than a year so his eyes are an amber color now not quite as golden as carlisle's but they're on their way and he talks about how carlisle made him be by himself for that first year while he got adjusted to things and after about a year Edward was like Carlisle I think that I've got it and Carlisle's like okay awesome let's uh start working on people (laughs) so every once in a while they would go and just walk down the street together and Edward looked around and noticed how freaking ugly humans are and how disgusting they look with their... Ew, they're squishy and they have like dots on their face. Round and lumpy and they smell weird. Disgusting. (laughs) They're probably so blind with those eyeballs of theirs. And he says it took several years before he grew accustomed to human faces. Wow. Really good. But while he was out and about, aside from noticing how ugly everyone was, he was focused solely on not killing people. That he really didn't... It overwhelmed his senses so much that he didn't really think about other people's thoughts yet. Yeah, it was just noise to him. So Mm -hmm. he'd be like walking around and it was just like this noise 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 and it took him forever to realize that that was actually people's thoughts Mm -hmm. i love that it's so cool i never thought about that before yeah and he's like as i was as he like got a better control on his thirst he was able to distinguish voices mental voices a little bit more and he talks about how he got a's on all of his walking down the street (laughs) tests not because it was easy but because he was determined to make sure that he was doing what carlisle (laughs) knew he could do and so after their walking tests they do a living test where they move into a harbor town in new brunswick um right by the docks so all of their neighbors are like sailors and dock hands and there's no escaping people and so he was like this was hard (laughs) (laughs) there was always human blood around um i could smell humans everywhere on everything but he was determined and he knew that carlisle was so proud of him and how much he'd done so far and so he was like i'm gonna do anything to make sure i don't disappoint carlisle 
So I know that, sorry, this is a little insert here. I know that Carlisle doesn't do anything without thinking about it first. Like he's very deliberate. He makes choices carefully. So he chose to bring Edward to a place. Um, so he's mostly surrounded by lots of men, lots of transient men, men who, you know, come and go and come and go and come and go. Mm -hmm. Also, um, people who aren't exactly like clean, you know, it's kind of mm -hmm. like dirty humans, dirty place. Um, I think it's really interesting that he, I just, I kept thinking about how like he didn't bring him to like a small village mm -hmm. with like families and stuff. He, he kind of made this choice to bring him to a place where if he accidentally made a mistake, maybe these humans wouldn't notice or their families wouldn't notice because they're already mm -hmm. transient and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Carlisle. It's like. Let's do this thing, but I'm still gonna, still gotta be super careful. Mm -hmm. It's scary. Edward says, I heard enough of human thought to know that my mentor was unique in this world. He was worthy of my idolization. Oh. <laughs> but he's like, I, I know that he put us really close to the water for a reason, because if for some reason it becomes too much, he's going to tell me to go for a swim, <laughs> get in that harbor and leave. But Carlisle really trusts Edward. He believes that he is too strong and too smart and too good that he won't, he's not going to hurt anybody. And so Edward's like, well, if Carlisle thinks that, then it must be true. And I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it made me arrogant, I think, but it also shaped me into the man I saw in his head. So determined was I to earn the approval he'd already given. Carlisle was shrewd like that. He was also very kind. And so it's Edward's second vampire Christmas. The first one, he was too busy wanting to murder everything. But he's like, oh, the seasons are changing. Cool. Uh, he knows that Carlisle is worried that Edward's going to miss all these human things. And Edward's like, I don't care <laughs> about any of that. But this one night, Carlisle's like, Edward, I think you're ready for a solo stroll. And so Edward's like, all right, this is it. This is my test. I'm going to go by myself out into the world and I'm going to not kill anybody. <laughs> so he puts on his clothes and he goes outside and he's like, I got this. He walks down that street. He thinks about how... In the future, he's going to be like Carlisle, and he's going to be able to do this, and it won't be hard. And he he makes it. He goes on his walk. He comes back. And so he comes in, and he's going to tell Carlisle all about how good he did and pretend like it was so easy. And as he walks in the door, <laughs> I'm going to just start I know. crying I so cannot. Much. I cannot. <sighs> <laughs> I can't even see the words on the book. The <laughs> <laughs> I have to blink these tears. I'd been preparing to amaze Carlisle with the ease of my success, but he was waiting to surprise me. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? Maybe. <laughs> Were you just going to read the whole paragraph? The whole paragraph. Okay, me too. <laughs> the beds were carefully stacked in the corner. 
The wobbly desk shoved behind the door to make room for a fir tree tall enough to brush the ceiling with its highest branch. The needles were wet, dustings of snow still visible in places. So quickly had he melted the candle stubs to the end of the branches. They were all aglow, reflecting warm and yellow against Carlyle's smooth cheek. He smiled widely. Merry Christmas, Edward. <laughs> Gosh. This is where I read this this morning and I had to close my book and I put it on the floor and I just walked away for a while because I was just like this. Uh, Carl, I had been alone for so long and now he had a companion and a best friend and a son all in one. And he just did this most beautiful gesture for him. He wanted to share this. Carlisle is so so human and so pure and he always just wanted to to still have that purity and he never had anybody to share Christmas with and now he does and he was like go go for a walk I'll be here waiting for you no he went and chopped down a tree and put candles on it Uh, and then and then he's like I got some popcorn (laughs) oh my gosh you guys so Edward looks at this and he's like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess he wasn't just expecting me to go on my awesome journey and come back, but <laughs> he still trusted me enough. And so he says, thank you, Carlisle. Merry Christmas to you. And he's so conflicted because he's like, this seems so childish <laughs> and like human. Why would Carlisle do something like this? I feel too old for this. He says, but at the same time touched that Carlisle would try to give me this a momentary return to my former joys. And so then Carlisle's like, we can decorate it with popcorn. <laughs> and Edward says, in his mind, I saw what this meant to him. I heard, not for the first time, the depth of the guilt he felt for having drawn me into this life. He would give me whatever little pieces of human pleasure he thought possible. And I would not be so spoiled as to deny him his own pleasure in this. These guys are the best friends. (laughs) Got me cookie, got you cookie. (laughs) They're so sweet. Oh, man. So. And then Everett's like, yes, let's see how fast we can string it. Uh (laughs) So cute. It was not difficult to relax into his vision of a family holiday. Though I found my role easy to perform, the sense lingered of not belonging to this world I was playing at. I wondered if I would settle over time into the life Carlisle had created, or if I would always feel like an alien creature. Was I more of a true vampire than he was? My questions were answered with time. Everything got easier as I aged, and I found I did belong in Carlisle's world. However, my concerns left me more vulnerable than I should have been to the thoughts of a stranger. Whoops. So they go out for Boxing Day dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And Edward meets his first other vampires. I love Siobhan so much. (laughs) They are out for their uh, evening dinner. And they're very deep into the forest they live by. Because Carlisle always made sure that there was no chance he would sniff any humans. So they get to a spot and Carlisle's like, we should be good. So Edward gets his sniffer sniffing. (laughs) They're running through the forest. And then he comes upon the smell. 
And he's like, the smell is more pure than the fresh snow. And there's a brightness to it. But the only thing I've smelled like this before is Carlisle (laughs) and me. So that brings him dead in his tracks. Carlisle smells it. And he's like, oh, that's my friend. That's Javon. And Edward feels how immediately calm Carlisle is by this. And he's like, okay. And so Carlisle's like, they're old friends. Let's go meet them. It's time. So Edward's like confused as like why this is the first time he's met one of Carlisle's friends. There's lots of vampires around. It's not like a rare thing. They exist. So he's kind of confused. Why now's the time? So they follow their trail and Carlisle's thinking about Siobhan and Maggie and he wonders where Liam is and he tells Edward that that is their coven. It's the three of them. And so Edward's like, okay, I know the word coven from learning about the Volturi and the Romanians and the Egyptians, but these guys just have three. And he's like, if those three can be a coven, then are me and Carlisle a coven? Are we a coven? But he doesn't really (laughs) love the idea. It seems too cold. I don't know. I think it seems pretty badass. (laughs) (laughs) So it takes them a few hours to track them down, but finally they can hear their footsteps. So Carlisle calls out, Siobhan, and they hear them stop and turn around and then come running towards them. (laughs) And this is kind of scary to Edward. So he gets ready to wiggle his butt, gets low, puts his ears (laughs) down. And Carlisle's like, it's okay. I know it's hard to meet another vampire because, you know, we're both predators, but (laughs) I completely trust her. So Edward's like, okay, (laughs) I got this. Gets back up from his crouching Uh position. He's like, maybe it's because our defenses are so strong that he didn't want me to attack any of his friends. (laughs) Yeah, please don't. That makes sense. (laughs) So let me hear, is that you, Carlisle? And a vampire comes into their little area. I, guys, (laughs) Edward. I love Siobhan's description from Edward's point of view. I love her i love maggie these two are great these are great little characters edward looks at her and he's like this is the biggest woman i've ever seen (laughs) in my entire life she's taller than me and carlisle if we sat on each other's shoulders (laughs) she's so tall but he's sure to let us know that she while tall is very feminine she looks like a woman to me i wish it would have said that she was very feminine he says that she no. was intensely female. There was nothing masculine about her. <laughs> you don't. Me. Uh, forcefully female. Aggressively, forcefully female. <laughs> Edward Cullen. Not necessary. Uh, I like what she's wearing, though. She's wearing um, just a sleeveless linen shift, which is a slip yeah. with a silver chain mm-hmm. as a belt. Love it. Super I want to wear that. (laughs) And then another vampire comes out and Edward's like, this is the ugliest effing vampire I've ever seen (laughs) in my entire life. No, I love. I thought the way he described her was so cute. Like he goes, (laughs) wait, he goes, um, this one was less remarkable. Just a small girl, not much more than a child. Uh, where the tall females seem to have an excess of everything, this girl was a picture of lack. She's skinny, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, 
Only the girl's hair existed in abundance, a wild thatch of bright red curls that appeared to be knotted beyond the possibility of recovery. <laughs> I think Maggie sounds so cute. So cute. Big red, like, locks. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. she's cute as can be. So Siobhan comes leaping towards Carlisle, and Edward's <laughs> about to, like, stop her. And he's like, it's fine. I can try. Um, maybe Carlisle also didn't want to hurt my feelings that I would have a hard time meeting other vampires. And so Siobhan comes over and hugs Carlisle and Edward notices her teeth are out, but it doesn't (laughs) seem to be, you know, aggressive. Maybe it's just like a friendly teeth showing. (laughs) This is his first time of being like, teeth are scary. And Siobhan's just like, where have you been? I was starting to worry about you. And Edward's like, oh, she has the same voice of the Irish dock workers, but transformed into something mm. magical. Where have you been? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was beginning to get worried about you. <laughs> so Carlisle kind of looks over at Edward and she does too. And Carlisle's like, life well, and very busy, eh, girl. <laughs> She looks at Edward and she thinks to herself, he's practically a newborn. His eyes are kind of weird. They're not as weird as Carlisle's yet. (laughs) But he's he's quite quite pretty. (laughs) And so she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I've never met your companion. And so Carlisle says, let me introduce you. This is Edward, my son. Edward, this is my old friend, Siobhan. And this is her Maggie. Aw, I am a Maggie. <laughs> and then Maggie gives Edward a confused look and just kind of stares at him. And Siobhan's thinking about the word son. And so she's like, oh, okay. So Carlisle made him. Interesting. There must be something special about him. And Maggie's thinking about... She's just like, yep, Carlisle's not lying, but there is something that he's not saying. And so she says, Edward, how delightful to meet you. And she puts her hand out towards him. And Edward's like, I don't know what to do with this except kiss it. So he does. (laughs) (laughs) Men kiss women's hands, right? Mm -hmm. So Siobhan thinks again, how charming. He's so pretty. I wonder what his gift might be and why it appealed to Carlisle. And Edward's like, what in the wiggity gift are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean there has to be something special about me? And he's like, I mean, there is. <laughs> I'm quite gifted, but Carlisle didn't know that. And he was surprised about it when he learned. And it was only because he was very lonely and my mother pleaded for my life that he changed me at all. And so he's like, she's right and she's wrong. This is weird. And Siobhan's still looking at Edward and his beautifulness. And she goes, poor boy. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose Carlisle has imposed his old habits on the lad. That's why his eyes are so strange. How tragic to be deprived of the greatest joy of this life. Ew. (laughs) Blood? I mean, I guess I like eating more than anything else, so. And drinking. It's just both of them combined. Man. You're right. What a life. What, was what if I we thinking? didn't have to eat and drink? Who decided that? <laughs> well, we can't have a liquid diet if we want. I mean, it's harder, though. It is more You difficult. can't get a protein shake off a bush, you know? <laughs> Edward doesn't think too much about this. 
in the moment, but it's something that he does think about a lot over the years. Siobhan comes over, her and Carlisle talk all night, and after she leaves, Carlisle tells her, Carlisle tells him a little bit about her and how she is fascinated by the Volturi and how they have all of these vampires that have special gifts and how she changed Maggie not because she wanted her as a companion but because she knew that she might be a gifted vampire and she was eager to collect a talent uh, for her own and he's like this is very different from the way that Carlisle sees the world Carlisle did not tell (laughs) Siobhan about Edward's mind reading abilities and so he's like, oh, that's what Maggie meant by he's not saying something. It's that he's not telling them that I have a power because he wasn't sure about how Siobhan would react. Siobhan would have just been like, you're mine now, boy. <laughs> Taking Edward. Me. Edward would have been like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> he goes, my gift to read minds was part of me. So Carlisle did not wish it away any more than he would have wanted to change the color of my hair or the timber of my voice. However, he never saw that gift as a commodity for his use or advantage. Carlisle's it, man. Mm -hmm. Once Edward gets old enough, Carlisle goes back to work. (laughs) Edward (laughs) studies lots of different subjects from books at home. And then a couple years after that, Carlisle finds Esme, so they have to go back to kind of keeping to themselves for a long time. And it's during this time where they're just always together and he's, you know, thinking about Esme's new thirst that he considers what Siobhan had said again about how tragic it is to be deprived of the greatest joy of this life. And here's where Edward makes Edward's choice. (laughs) He decides to leave Carlisle and Esme and join the circus. (laughs) I mean, the greatest joy is juggling, obviously. (laughs) And he's certain that if he uses his gift, he will be doing more good than harm. Mm. What a choice, Eddie. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, the first person that Edward kills had drugs in their system. And even though their blood was tainted, it was the most delicious thing Edward had ever had, which made everything he'd ever eaten before, like, ditch water. Ditch water. water. <laughs> Gross. Think of ditch water in, like, the 1930s. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. And Edward, even though he's made this decision, he knows how Carlisle would feel about it. But then, you know, he goes and finds people without drugs in their system, and boy, do they taste good. Oh, jeez. And so he just plays like this mental game with himself all these years about how for every life that I take, even if I'm only saving one, still that's better than if I let these human people continue to hurt others. Right? Huh. Huh. This is not a podcast about whether or not we should have a death penalty. Oh, no. You gotta (laughs) go somewhere else for that. So Edward goes off on his own for a couple years, and then he he decides that blood wasn't this almighty, life-changing thing to be deprived of, and that he missed Carlisle and Esme more than he enjoys this new life that he has. Over the years after my return to Carlisle and Esme, as I struggled to relearn all the discipline I'd abandoned, I came to the conclusion that Siobhan might not know anything greater than the call of blood, 
but I had been born to something better. Whoa. Edward. I wish that he could now, I mean, like, this is where he's getting there. He's getting to where he can see what a wonderful person he is. But I wish that he could bring back that old feeling of, like, I was born for more than just killing. Yep. Mm. And now the words that had once haunted me, once driven me, came back with surprising force. The greatest joy of this life. I had no doubts. I knew. I now knew the meaning of the phrase. The greatest joy of my life was this fragile, brave, warm, insightful girl sleeping so peacefully nearby, Bella. The very greatest joy that life had to offer me and the greatest pain when she was lost. Stop it. <laughs> so Alice gives him a call. He answers. She's like, I know you can't talk back to me, but I want you to know that it's 80-20 now. And whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. She hangs up. Listen, I know you're stalking your girlfriend right now, <laughs> but you're doing really well. Keep She's going. It. Keep going. <laughs> and he's like, she might be lying, but I still feel good about that. And he looks over at Bella and he says, what I was doing was basking, drowning, wallowing in my love for Bella. I didn't think it would be difficult to keep doing that. End chapter. Beautiful end of a beautiful wow. chapter. Edward. That's really, I mean, this is like, aside from the convenient boulder little <laughs> section, this is the first like full fleshy chapter that's completely new material. It's it's so oh. fun and such a joy to oh finally get new content. The all the Edward Cullen content we ever wanted. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, anything else? Any <sighs> other thoughts? I mean, I know we've been talking about it for an hour and a half, but I mean, just <sighs> everything is so special about this. And you're right. If Edward could really just pull back that feeling of I was I'm made for more than for more than murder mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I love that he came to that conclusion like that's what made him stop killing people is that he was like I was I am better than this mm -hmm. and it's only because he went back to Carlisle that he had spent all of these years practicing at this that made it so that he didn't kill Bella that first time he met her had he spent more time away from them he may not have been as strong at that point to be able to not yep. kill the whole classroom <laughs> he did it oh my gosh well thank you everybody for remembering midnight sun with us um i'm not remembering it i'm reading it for the first time through <laughs> um as i record it and i am loving it i don't want it to end so anyway, thank you for being here with us. Have a great week. <sighs> I don't have a remember. Just, I just can't. remember that Carlisle got Edward a Christmas tree and you can cry about it too. <laughs> Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas, Ron. All right. We love you. Bye. Bye. You've been remembering Twilight with Marin and Emily. You can stay in touch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Remember Twilight Podcast. Please consider joining us on Patreon for a weekly bonus episode, access to our notes, 
original artwork, and to connect with our awesome community. You can message us at RememberTwilightPodcast at gmail.com, send us a voice message on Anchor, or leave a review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for all this information and more. Thank you to Stephanie Meyer for sharing her dream and making ours come true.